Let me say this before beginning. Your imagination is your spiritual womb. It's where you conceive your miracles from God. In other words, your imagination is how you meditate in the Word of God, and you will begin to get a picture in your spirit, in your heart, about what you're meditating on. And that's what I'm saying. You know, you're, you use your imagination. As I said last night, you can use your imagination either for you or against you. It's really up to you how you use your imagination. But if, if you're using it in a positive sense, you're going to have good things happen to you. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't understand that the reason they can't receive a healing for a particular thing or disease or whatever is because they have not been able to imagine. They cannot see themselves healed. Right. You have to see yourself healed. Yeah. You have to get that vision down in your spirit and begin to see yourself healed, or you have to see yourself getting that job or, or getting an increase. You have to see yourself, imagine it, and begin to write, get pictures and write things down and begin to see it and meditate on scriptures that, you know, relate to that. And we'll talk a little bit about that. As a matter of fact, the title to my message today is The God of the Impossible. Birth in your dreams. I love that song. And we're just singing, there is nothing impossible for our God. Praise the Lord. I think that most of you, or, or maybe all of you here this morning, would like to see some change in your life. Wouldn't you like to see? Even, even, you know, even if it's a little change, you know, whether it's in your home, your uh, personal relationships, or your job, or your friends, or your family, your husband, whatever, your children, everybody would like to see a little bit of change in their lives. You want to see something new happen, maybe even go into a new direction. I know that the Lord put me on a different path, going in a different direction when he blessed me with this ministry, speak the word ministry, bringing me out of the prison ministry where I had been serving him for 11 years at the, between the jail and the prison, actually becoming a chaplain there. And even now he continues to give me new visions of increase, taking me down yet another path. Now he's gotten me ministering to other countries, you know, uh, 25, 50,000 people at one time, uh, you know, where you start out, you know, I started out in a jail, you know, washing me off a place in the fifth man cell, you know, to lay my Bible, to doing what I'm doing today. But it didn't start out that way. It, it, started out, it started out, like I was saying last night, it started out, this is my book, one of my book, many books, but this is my first book, of dreams and visions that the Lord gave me. In here, you know, he told me about ministering the Word uh, on, C uh, on the radio when I didn't own a cassette player. He told me about writing a book when I didn't even give me the title to a book that I had never written and didn't write until uh, about eight years later. Uh, so many things that he told me in here didn't happen all at once, but they, he began, you know, he was laying the groundwork. But we have to help him do that. And the way we do that is by using our imaginations. And when he speaks to us and we have a dream, it didn't come to you accidentally. God put that dream and that vision in your spirit and in your mind. And you don't need to start thinking immediately that the devil is going to immediately start telling you that, hey, this is so impossible. You know you can't do that. And you're just going to have to ignore that voice and focus on the only voice that you need to pay attention to. And that's the voice of God. Yes. And if you'll listen to him, his voice, you'll always come out on top. You'll always come out on top. And, and like I said, I could go over and over in here. I just like to sit down sometimes and go back and read some of the things that he told me. And even my husband, he even, that he's in here. 
you know. <laughs> you know, but the Lord, you know, because I was a widow for seven years before David and I met. And so I had seven years just spending time writing and listening and planning, dreaming and visualizing and seeing things. And then the Lord, I had no intentions of marrying again. But then the Lord began to put it in my spirit. And then he began to show me how I was going to do it. And he had already taught me, the Holy Spirit had already taught me how to use the computer. I didn't know how to use it. My husband died. Uh, I didn't know how to do anything on the computer. I didn't even know how to turn it on. <laughs> and they I walk around about four iPads and computers, <laughs> smartphones and everything else. God is good. God is good. And there is nothing, you know, he just took this little old farm girl and, and just turned me around. So it's not based on, you know, how, what your age is. I didn't even become a Christian until I was 49. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. With God, God will keep you, but you have to help him. And you do that by using your imagination. Even in my youth, you know, the Bible tells you that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. I believe that. I believe that I'm the daughter of Sarah. The Bible says I am. And, and she grew old gracefully, said the Lord was even healthy enough, even in her old age, to give birth. I don't want to give birth yet. <laughs> I've already done that. <laughs> I've been down that path. <laughs> but even, you know, and, but she, the point, my point is she was healthy enough. Yes. Healthy enough. Yes. And not only that, she did it with a dead womb. Yes. Impossibility with a husband that was dead. And so David and I used to joke about this with my youngest daughter, Leanne, you know, what she would think if we had one. Because <laughs> she's the baby, you know, and we got these babies, you know, they think, you know, they're it, so. But anyway, <laughs> and they are, you know, but life, life, you know, being a Christian can be fun. I, I, I really think being a Christian is fun. God wants us to enjoy life. He don't want us to be all sourpusses. <laughs> He wants us to believe the word. He wants us to believe what he says. And when he says something, I didn't for a long time. I mean, I've always loved the Lord and I believe the Lord. But as I stayed more in the word and I listened to it, you know, I mean, I listen to it day and night. I, I go to bed, listen to the audio, audio, audible audio scriptures or either somebody preaching the word. Um, I listen to it when I'm eating my breakfast. I eat, listen to it when I'm eating my lunch. I'm in my office working all day, working on messages or books or prayers or something. Um, it, it's, uh, you, you're meditating on the Word. And maybe you don't have the time to spend you know, all day because that's my calling. But you can set aside so much time every day. You know, you can start out with a little bit, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon or at night, and just spend time. God will love it to spend time with Him. You know how much you love having your children spend time with you and how important it is. About your spiritual womb, I'm going to go back. I'm talking about some things I don't have notes for, so if I don't have time for my notes, that's okay. I invite the Holy Spirit to speak through me and also invite the Holy Spirit to help me with the wisdom and knowledge that he gives me to speak it in a way that you'll understand it and not leave here today confused. Because our God is not a God of confusion. 
and he, my instructions at the very beginning when the Lord called me into the ministry to teach his word was to teach it in a plain and simple way so that anybody could understand it. So I don't use, as I call them, $25 words, maybe a $5 word, but <laughs> every now and then. But um, of course, I'm, I was just a country girl anyway, but I did learn a little bit because my husband that was deceased was in the military, so we traveled a bit. So I did lose a few of my roots, but not all of them, praise God. <laughs> but anyway, let me get back to your spiritual womb. Your imagination is your spiritual womb. It's where you conceive your miracles from God. It's like, you know, when you get a, per a lady, a girl gets pregnant, you can't get pregnant just by standing next to somebody or drinking certain water. You have to conceive it in your womb. And you have to conceive it before you can give birth to it. My point is that your imagination that the Lord has given you is your spiritual womb. And when you meditate on God's word and you begin to speak his word and meditate on it and begin to see yourself doing certain things, you're creating this imagination and this vision into your spiritual womb and then after you continue to meditate on the Word of God, then you'll be able to create a picture of what it is you're looking for. And I'll get into that a little bit later too. And you can just download a picture of things, you know, that will help you. You know, you, you can use anything that you want that's going to help you to get that vision and spend that quiet time. But you need to see yourself doing that or having that, you know, maybe having that new home or having that new job or maybe having a spouse or having a baby or, or whatever, you you know, just need to see yourself. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, I know that, like I said, you're looking for change in your relationships, maybe a promotion on your job. For others, maybe it's a dreams to become debt free. I mean, I don't know. One time that was my dream just to be debt free. And I praise God today that I am. <laughs> praise God. I really don't know what your goals and I don't know what your visions are, but I do know this. I know that God does have plans for each one of you and that he has a vision for each one of you. And that I do know. The prophet Jeremiah gives us a promise from the Lord in Jeremiah 33, 3. He says, call upon me, he says, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou do not know. And of course, the verse that most of you are familiar with is Jeremiah 29, 11. And I love what it says in the message translation. It says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. And another one in Proverbs 19, 21 in the message translation, it says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. So really, you know, when you're sitting around brainstorming how to make this particular thing happen, how to make it work out, you really waste spinning your wheels or wasting your time because God is really the only one that can help you with that. And we talked a little bit about that last night, so we're not gonna go over that. But aren't you glad that we don't have to rely on our own plan, saints? Aren't you glad that God has it all worked out for us? I know I am. You know, I believe that we all have dreams and we'll all have visions. And like I said, this morning, I just want to continue to talk about the power that you already have been given to bring these things about. 
And you might say, well, Pastor Joe, I don't think I have the power to do this. And I'm going to say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because God has given you everything that you need. You have been given an imagination like no other. And you have been given the ability to dream, saints. Think of it like this. Think of it like your GPS. You know, I like to use visuals because sometimes it helps me. The Lord gives me a visual of something and it helps me to understand things a little bit better. But think of it like your GPS. When I want to go someplace I've never been before, I program the address into my GPS and it gets me where I want to go. And, and that's what it's like to, to get a vision of where you want to go. As a matter of fact, you can't get anywhere until you do, until you do imagine it. I know coming in to um, Hillsville uh, Friday, we took a turn that we don't normally turn. And so, so far, David knows the way, so we hadn't used the GPS. And so, I mean, we saw all your countryside, you know. <laughs> we don't know where we were, but we knew we were close because the GPS said we were getting close, you know. So finally, I programmed in, you know, the directions to Hillsville. And as it turned out, I think we were about 15 minutes away, and we went down uh, something like a possum road and a coon road. And, <laughs> and I told David, I said, we take a left down here. I think it's coon road. <laughs> but it was really kind of fun, you know, because we had been on the expressway, you know, for hours. So it was really nice just to go through the countryside and, and see the homes and, and the way people live and uh, just to pastures and things like that. It, it, it was a different scenery. But thank God for the GPS because we might still be out there on Coon Road or Pondo Road <laughs> and still here this morning. Praise God. What you might say, you might say, what does my imagination have to do with anything? Well, if you can imagine it, saints, you can have it. Remember last night we were talking about the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, 6 and 7, it says, this is where some people had gotten together and was going to build a city and a tower that would reach the sky, that would reach the heavens. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning. Only, he said, this is the only beginning of what they can do. And speaking of only the beginning, let me go back and say what Pastor Roy said about raising the dead. There, there are at least eight episodes in the Bible where Dead, the dead was risen, you know, brought back to life, not counting the ones that when Jesus was crucified, that was, that was right, come up out of the dead and was roaming the town. They didn't have a number on that. But there was eight. And I know people that have actually experienced raising people from the dead. But they didn't do it just by commanding them to come back to life. They had to spend days and hours meditating on those scriptures in the Bible where it was talking about the dead being risen and raised them from the dead. They had, to be, they had to meditate and meditate and get a vision and actually see themselves doing it. Even position themselves like on top of the person like, you know, they did, you know, I think it was in um, the widow woman. I, I can't remember if it was in Exodus or Genesis. I think it was in Genesis where her son died, and, and uh, Elijah the prophet, you know, he came in laid on top of him, you know, and, uh, and, he, and, and he was brought back to life. But the point is, is that you have to, the Lord says that you can do what you see him do, you can do. That's right. Amen. And, and we are his children. We 
And we are created in his image. We have been given power. We have been given authority. We have been given everything we need. And, and this most powerful thing, there's two things that people neglect to use in their walk with the Lord that is preventing you from being and having what you would like to have or see others have. And that is the words coming out of your mouth is hindering you, is a hindrance when you're speaking non what the Lord says. And another thing is using your imagination in a negative way that is hurting you and not helping you. Because the enemy will put these thoughts in your mind and then you begin to meditate on them. And you begin to see yourself sick or you begin to see yourself losing your job or getting you poor, you know, one little word and next thing you know, um, things is, you know, just blown out of proportion. I know my sister, you know, when she had to go back to have some stitches taken out, uh, she, I told her, I said, it's not going to be painful. I mean, you know, it's just not like you think not like she thinks. She was imagining that it was gonna be like, you know, maybe uh, something, you know, like regular stitches. And, and, and she could almost imagine the pain and how it was gonna hurt her. And even though my other sister told her she'd had it done, it wasn't gonna hurt, it did not change her imagination. So therefore, she was in great fear when she went to the hospital to have this done, you know, after her accident, and she had all this stuff in. And, and, uh, and then she said, you know, that wasn't bad at all. <laughs> but she had suffered for days thinking about how much it was going to hurt and the pain of it. This is what I'm talking about. This is your imagination. You know, I couldn't convince her otherwise. I couldn't convince her. My other sister couldn't convince her that had experienced the same thing, that it's nothing, Dorothy. It's just a little tingle. But she had imagined it. And now the enemy has put another thought into her mind about the big C word. And I said, Dorothy, there's nothing wrong with you. I said that you're sore on that side because you've been using your stick. Because like I said, she was broken in several places. I said, and your body is being, you've been sitting for months, and your body is, is being, you exercise it now, so it's sore. But that's all there is. The mammogram didn't show anything, so she went and had a scam, a cat, what do you call it, ultrasound or something. It shows nothing. But I pray that she gets it out of her mind. And you know, and we can't always believe everything the doctors tell us. As a matter of fact, listen to the doctors, respect the doctors. I love the doctors and the nurses. I have great respect for them. You know, uh, sometimes I need to go see one, I'll go see one. But I'm just saying you don't have to receive everything that you, that, you know, the report. It, I call it an evil report. They don't think of it that way. But they're, being, they're just doing medical, speaking medically. You know, it was like the doctor spoke over me the other day. It was on about my eyes, you know. But you know, I get outside, you know, I didn't say anything back to the doctor. As a matter of fact, I won't get into that, but you know, last year the doctor spoke over David and I didn't say anything and he didn't say anything because he just brought him out of surgery and then they were gonna have to do this. And the doctor told me all this stuff, what they were gonna have to do. And then I, I said, and he left and I said, thank you. And, and when he left, we hit it. We started praying and praying in the spirit. And we started rebuking those words. Yes, yes, yes. We, 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 you know, you just command, you know, God, we don't receive that in the name of Jesus. We, we rebuke those words in the name of Jesus and we command them to hit the ground and not bear any fruit. There will be no harvest. 
And I want you to know David came home the next morning. No emergency surgery. You know, as a matter of fact, immediately his blood pressure started going up. His heart rate started going up. The nurses come running in there and said, Mr. Ramsey, your blood pressure is going up. And so we keep praying, the blood pressure is going up. The rate's going up. This is going up. Next thing, they moved him into another room, you know, and now he's home. So <laughs> you don't have to, what the doctor was doing his job. And don't criticize him for doing his job. He's doing what he's trained to do. But we are not of this world. And we are not trained medically. We're trained spiritually. We serve a greater power. And the God that is of more than enough that can handle any situation. Because all this stuff is what the enemy puts on us. Are you hearing me? God said, and now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Did you hear what the Lord just said? He said, nothing they imagine will be impossible for them. That goes for you too. You know, so the Lord said, let's go down and the message Bible says and garble, garble their speech so they won't understand each other. And then and God scatter them, it said, abroad. But we serve a God that calls those things to be not as though they are. As a matter of fact, even quicken the dead. And you really, you can. I have not. But I have made a decision that I'm going to start writing those scriptures down and I'm going to start meditating on them because I don't ever know when I'm going to have to use it. Amen. You know. So when you have, so when you're feeling fearful or you're feeling overwhelmed, you need to turn to your list of nothing is impossible for God verses. Yes. The Bible is filled with verse at the verse of God's of the impossible, the, the things that are nothing is impossible for God. As you read through verse after verse, where God proclaims his might, his power, and his intentions to do good on your behalf, your strength and your faith is going to increase. For example, in Numbers eleven twenty three, the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's power limited? Question mark. And then God said to Moses, now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. This is where the Lord had announced his intention to provide meat abundantly for the nation for a whole month. And Moses questions this and wonders how God could provide meat, that much meat, you know, for the whole nation for a whole month. And you may yourself, some of you in here you have, I, I, may, I may have myself, may have questioned God yourself at one time, how can God take care of this huge debt? How can God heal this particular disease? But you know, God told Moses that he would see whether his word would come true or not. Hallelujah. Friends, we have to believe that every word of God will do exactly what it says it's going to do. We have to believe God. Go back and read in Acts, you know, where Paul was out on that water, you know, on the boat, you know, and he didn't want to go out there because he told him, you know, the Lord has impressed upon him not to go and he's going to wreck and they didn't believe him. And so they get out there and they're going to drown. And then the angel, you know, I'm doing a quick version here. The angel shows up with Paul and tells him, you know, to be of good cheer, you know, uh, because, the, you know, the angel of the Lord said that uh, to be of good cheer because none on board was going to perish. In other words, die you know, and just to keep them on there and, you know, not be throwing anything over. And they, I think they hadn't eaten for like 14 days. So, they, you know, they were really panicking, you know, out in the storm. 
And, and, and Paul says, and I believe God. He said, I believe it will be exactly the way he said it would be. He believed God. And that's what you, I'm going to, I'm getting ready to write a book and the, and the title of it, the title, I don't know what the subtitle is. It's called, I Believe God. I believe God. And that's your, that has to be your attitude. That's the mental attitude. That's to be your vision, uh, your imagination. I believe God. If God says it, then it, it, it has to be possible. Because he says everything is possible for him that believes. And I believe God. I believe what God tells me. You know, other people may have doubt. Your friends may have doubt. Your neighbors may have doubt. When you start talking to them this way, they'll look at you sometimes a little weird, like you're a little crazy. I mean, I got a lot of good advice, you know, when David and I were going to get married. <laughs> because we hadn't known each other very long. But I knew in my spirit because the Lord told me. Lord told him he knew the day he saw my picture. He went to work the next day and had his, uh, one of his people to pray with him. He said, I think I met my wife. You know, and, and so we met, I guess, the end of May, the first time we got married, 25th of July. And 13 years this July. But the Lord will raise those up. You know, he put us together, not only for our, for our personal use, but also so we could run this race together. I need someone to come along beside of me, and he needed someone. And so God put us together to run the race. So I believe God, no matter. And I stood, if I listened to them and my thoughts that the devil was telling me, I stood to lose a lot if it didn't work. But sometimes you just have to close your eyes and jump. <laughs> believe God and just jump. And that's what I did. I just brought two suitcases. <laughs> I left my house and the furniture, everything, and the, everything in it. But look what the Lord has done. Yes. Look yes. what the Lord has done. It's kind of like I saw on the Facebook the other day, this little uh, image of, of, of Jesus holding, you probably saw it where he's holding this big teddy bear behind him. And, and this little girl is standing there with a little teddy bear. And Jesus is telling the little girl, trust me. And she says, but I love it. You know, she said, I, in other words, she said, I love this teddy bear. And Jesus is saying, trust me. Because, you know, he had a much bigger one behind him. But first he had to trust him. And that's what God is saying to some of you out there this morning. He's got this thing back here. And you got this little thing. He's saying, trust me. Trust me, yeah. you know, and you'll be amazed at what he can do. Yes. Yes. You know, he went from, like I said, from not owning a cassette player to being on 250 radio, 52 radio stations worldwide, to now videotaping for the last year and a half to people in Pakistan on the video and uh, in person where I can see them, they can see me, people are being healed, people are being raised from the dead, people are just being delivered from evil spirits. I didn't see, he began to put that in my spirit a few years ago, but I couldn't see how he was going to do it. But I wrote it down. I wrote it down. And then I began to think about it, meditate on it. That's what you do. You, you begin by thinking about it. You meditate on it. You get the Word of God. 
and back it up right here in me. Matthew 19:26 says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with God, with man, this is, excuse me, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Yes. Hallelujah. I believe before you're going to leave this morning that you're going to have a better understanding of just how important your imagination is in receiving the things that you're asking the Lord for. Praise God. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about Jacob. Most of you are familiar with uh, Jacob and Laman and how he got tricked and everything. Uh, the Lord, but the Lord wants you to experience more freedom in your lives and also uh, give you a better understanding of his word so that you can realize your dreams and give birth to them. And so I want to show you through his word that you uh, do possess the tools that you can bring this about. And I think this, like I said, this message that the Lord's given me is really going to shed some light on it. I want to continue on, on the importance of your imagination, your dreams, and your visions. And, and like I said, in Proverbs 29, 18, in the Amplified Bible, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That means, you know, the people just die. What God is saying here is for you not to be vague. He don't want you to be vague about what you want, but you need to write down your dreams and visions. It says in Habakkuk 2, uh, verse 3 in, in the message translation it says that God answered Habakkuk and said write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run he said the vision will still happen at the appointed time it hurries toward its goal he said if it seems slow in coming wait it's on its way it will come right on time he said it, he's saying don't get impatient and wait and I was thinking this morning as I was listening to a sermon about uh, Abraham, how Abraham had waited over 26 years after the God told him, after God told him he was going to be the father of many nations and that his seed was going to be like the stars and the sand. And so him living in a tent, I guess, not like us, he living in a tent and wearing sandals. He looked at the sand, he looked at the stars and think to himself, you know, I'm going to be the father of many, you know, of, you know, of many nations. And he, and he is, you know. But he had, to, he had to get a vision. He had to see himself that way. You know, he had to have a vision so strong, as a matter of fact, that when God asked him to take his son Isaac up you know, and, and sacrifice him, a lot of people think that he groaned about that, but I don't think he did because he'd all, God had already, told, he'd already waited 26 years for Isaac and I, because it was probably 18 or so, um, and he'd already told him what was going to happen. So in order for this to take place, Isaac had to be alive, so he knew if he did kill him, he was going to bring him back to life. So he trusted God for all this time, he had a vision. He, he, was not, he wasn't panicking. He knew God, he trusted God. He believed Him. And that's a lot of faith. I, I did this with a car I wanted once back in 2006. I had always wanted a sports car, so I prayed about it. But then I sat down and I wrote the, down the type of car that I wanted. I, I wrote down the color, the interior and all, and then I downloaded a picture of it and I put it on the front of my refrigerator and I wrote Joe's car across the top. And, and trust me, you know, the type of car I wanted seemed to, in the natural like an impossibility. As a matter of fact, any car would have seemed like an impossibility to me because at that time I was a widow living on a fixed income. And here I am looking at a Jaguar. But I serve a big God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, let me inject this because see, this is where, this is where your imagination will work for you, for you or against you. It, it, you get your imagination working so you can have a good image of yourself. You have to see yourself. You can't see yourself in the, in the negative way. 
you have to see yourself in a positive way. So, like I said before, you know, in the natural, I was a widow. In the natural, I was a widow, but, but living on a fixed income. However, I never, never imagined myself that way. I didn't see myself that way. Remember that Satan is subtle and, and, when, and he starts with small thoughts. And if you take those, he'll, he'll give you some more. And, and what I mean by small thoughts, and you're talking about age, and I've taught on this before, so some of you may have heard it, but it bears repeating. Okay? So I didn't see myself that way. I never saw myself that way. I never saw myself as a senior citizen. If somebody says senior citizens, I look around. <laughs> I don't see myself that way. I, I know that in my spirit, it never gets old. It, it stays the same. I'm not aging in my spirit, just my body. It's getting older. But also I can do things to help the, you know, my house, which is, you know, my body, my house, which is that. But I, it's like, I, I, I tell this, uh, I've told this before, it's like with my sisters, you know, sometimes when you are imagining the right thing, like trying to see yourself in a positive light and, and imagine those things. Uh, a lot of times your family, even your family, your friends, um, will think you're crazy, you know, and they will misunderstand the whole point, you know. My point was when I said that uh, I didn't see myself that way and that the enemy uses these small thoughts, you know, he, he, he's very subtle. He never starts out with anything large because he knows you won't buy into that. But he'll drop these small thoughts into your mind and he'll get you to bite on those. And so this was a senior thing. You know, we, we would go by the McDonald's or something to get coffee and my sisters would say, we want a senior coffee. And I'd say, I want two senior coffees and one regular coffee. It's a trick, brothers and sisters, it's a trick of the enemy to get those thoughts into your mind, to get you to thinking. If he can get you to think about being a senior, there's nothing wrong with being a senior I am in the natural. But if, but they thought that, and sometimes we get meals, you know, and they would get senior meals and I would get the child's plate. There's ways of getting around the enemy, you know, and it had, it had nothing to do with money because I didn't have a lot of money, but I had rather pay the extra dime for that cup of coffee than to pay for the results of what getting a senior cup would do. Because if Satan can get that one little thought into your mind, then he can put others in there and he can start saying when you hit 40, you, you know, I, I guess, you know, or everybody in my family, you know, by the time they was 40 or 50, they had this, or they did this. When you get to be 60, you know, your sight goes bad. You get 70, you get arthritis, and you get all kinds of itises. <laughs> and I'm not putting down on any of those because people do get them. I'm just saying that the enemy is the one that brings them to you, and he starts with you even as a young child but we don't really notice it until, as we, until we grow and get older, that he is so subtle with these things. And, and brothers and sisters, it sounds like these things are just little things and they don't mount to a heel of beans. But I'm telling you that they can be the difference between life and death for some of you. They can mean the difference 
and getting those things that you want for yourself or your family or your work or whatever it is or your health or whatever it is just by changing the way you think. That's why the Lord says in Romans, I think it's in um, Romans 10 or 12 too, not to be conformed to this world, but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll know what the perfect will of God is. And that's what we have to do. We've got to stop letting the devil trick us. We've got to be alert. As a matter of fact, I prayed last night and I pray today that our God will give you a spirit of awareness and, 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 and that you can be more aware of his attacks and, and more aware of the subtleness when he put these things in his mind. And when you're standing around other people and they're talking about these things and, and all they're talking about is negative stuff, you don't have to say anything and you, all you have to say really is that, um, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think like that or I don't agree with that. I don't, I, you, know, you know, I don't see that. But it's really hard because every day on the news, that's all we're getting is fake news, negative news. We get it on our phones, we get it on the TV, we get it on whatever, whatever instrument we have. We're getting all this stuff and it's killing us. You know, have you ever thought about this, you know, that on, the, on Apple, the iPad, have you ever noticed that Apple on there with a bite bitten out of it? Have you ever thought about Adam and Eve when they bit the apple? You know, it, it, it's good. I mean, I use my electronics, you know, my iPads and computers and my smartphones and stuff all the time. And, and so there's a lot of good in it. But I'm saying that the enemy is using it far more for worse than we are for good. And he's, he's destroying our children with this. He's destroying people with this. I mean, it's like they're glued to these phones. They, they, they can't take five minutes of silence, you know. They've got to be on that, on that phone talking or looking at or playing games or something. But it's, it's not like the way it was. There's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, I, I love my iPads. But you, you, they need to be used for good, yes. you know, and not spreading rumors and gossip and all this stuff. Praise God. It says in verse uh, in Psalms 37, 4, it says, The Lord gives us the desires of our hearts, and if we trust Him, He will bring it to pass. You know, also, you know, there's things that we have to do too. You know, I also found scriptures. You know, when I was getting my uh, vision and imagination for my new car, um, I, you know, I did some other things too. We can't just uh, put a picture on my, in front of your refrigerator and let that be that. There are some things that you have to do. First, you have to start getting the vision of it, and you have to meditate on it, and you have to talk to the Lord about it, and then there's some things, that, like I said, that you need to do. And so, for over the past few years, and now this was per se, widow living on the fix, or income. But God never let me down. Never, and he'll never let you down. I never went without anything. Never went without anything. I was still able to give, buy Bibles by the case for the guys at the jail, buy the car, just do, do, do. Help the family. And, and, and it's all about it. You know, for the past few years, I had given away two vehicles, and I had made payments on three more vehicles. So I had sowed seed for my car. You see what I'm saying? A farmer, I, I come from a farm, on a farm, 
But my dad could not have reaped any corn if he, you know, or potatoes if he'd have sown something else. When he sowed corn, he wanted corn. When he sowed potatoes, we expected potatoes. And believe me, I know, you know, we had lots of corn and potatoes, especially cucumbers. I used to pick 100 bushels every other day. We, there was some good seed. <laughs> That's what you call an abundance of blessings. But you have to do something. There are some things that we need to do. In other words, if I've been asking God for a job, I wouldn't just, I, I would not have just gone in and sat down on my sofa and waited for the phone to ring or get a knock on the door. I, I pray you're hearing me. I have often told people that if they have trouble in getting a vision or what they're wanting, to get themselves a picture. You can download one or you can get one the old fashioned way, which is cut it out of a, a magazine. I don't know about you, but I get tons of magazines, you know, every week. My point is you need something that will help you to get this into your spirit. Uh, and I heard Brother Kenneth Hagin say once that sometimes when people were down at the altar praying, that he would ask them what they were praying for, praying about or what they were praying for. And he said, most of the time, eight out of 10 times, they would respond, nothing in particular. And he would tell them, well, nothing in particular is what you get. You have to know, think about that. You need to be specific and know what it is you want. I believe that the primary reason that most of you have not had your prayers answered is because you aren't being specific with your request. We have to know what it is that we want. Helen Keller was blind and she was deaf. But when she was asked what could be worse than having no sight, she said to have sight and have no vision. Wow. And that's coming from a blind person. I'd like, you know, like I said, talk about Jacob a little bit. I won't go have time to go into all the scriptures, but we're familiar with how Isaac told Jacob to arise and go to Padam Haran and go to the house of Ethuel. He says, your mother's father and take from there as a wife, one of the daughters of Laman, your mother's brother. And then saints, we also know that's when uh, Jacob's problems began because Jacob kept cheating him. Um, even though he, you know, he went to work for him and worked for seven years for, he wanted to marry Rachel. He had met Rachel and he wanted to marry Rachel. He had worked for seven years, but when the seven years was up, Laban uh, tricked him. But you also know that God had blessed Jacob, and we won't go back there, but most of you are familiar with when Jacob had that dream where there was a ladder going up from the ground to the heavens, and there was angels ascending and descending, and, and the voice of God came down and spoke to him and told him how he was going to be blessed and how he was going to be fruitful and, and multiply and how all this stuff, you know, all this stuff was going to belong to him. And, uh, and he did, but you know, the whole time, the main point is that the whole time that he was working for Laman, Laban, he did as he was told to do. He just kept doing it. So he had finally married after seven years. He had to work, Laban made him work seven more years to get Rachel because he married her sister Leah. So, and I don't ever understand that. Do you understand that? Can you understand how a man could marry somebody and wake up next morning and be with somebody else? I, I can't understand that one, but <laughs> maybe the Lord will explain that to me when I go home. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, it's kind of strange. But anyway, 
So Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and country. Give me my wives and my children. And Jacob said, I have served you and you know the work that I have done for you. And Laban said to him in verse 27, he said, if I found favor in your sight, this was Laban talking to Jacob. He said, I pray you do not go. For Laban said he had learned from experience and from omens, omens and in divinations that the Lord had favored him with blessings on Jacob's account. Saints, I want you to know that God can bless you through the people that you work for so you can receive the blessing. So even, I want you to listen to this, so even if your employer is not treating you right, you keep on doing the right thing. You keep on always doing the right thing, even no matter how much it hurts you, because God will honor you and God will bless you. You can see this from the story with Jacob and Laman, you know, how he, God blessed him. And Laman then told Jacob to state his salary and he would give it to him. And so Jacob told Laman, he said that he knew how he had increased and multiplied abundantly and how the Lord had favored him with blessings wherever Jacob turned. In other words, he was blessing Laman because of Jacob. So Jacob said, because you didn't have very much, he said, when I got here. So he said, um, so then Laban asked Jacob what he wanted. And Jacob told him he wanted to pass through his flock and remove all the speckled and spotted animals. And Jacob wanted every black one from among the sheep and the spotted and speckled among the goats and set shall be my wage, he said. So Laban, of course, he agreed to this. But the very next day, in chapter 30, verse 35, Laban removed the he-goats that were streaked and spotted and put them in the charge of his sons. And then he set a distance. After he did that, he set a distance of three days after he'd given them to his son. And when Jacob found out about this, he took fresh rods of popular, just a stick, and an almond and a plane tree. I usually have a stick, and I forgot my stick. That's okay. <laughs> But he took a, a popper stick and he peeled the white streaks in them, exposing the white part of the, the stick. And then it says that Jacob placed the rods in front of the flocks in the watering troughs where the flocks would come to drink. That was a vision for the animal saints. Think about that, these streaked, these streaked rods, because they would breed and conceive when they came to drink. It says the flocks bred and conceived in sight of the rods, brought forth lambs and kids, Streaked, speckled, and spotted. Think about that, saints. You had all these animals drinking water and looking at the streaked sticks while they bred. How awesome is our God? Yes. And if an animal can get a vision, can't we? Yes. I mean, they were just using a stick <laughs> in front of them. It says that Jacob separated the lambs and did the same thing. He set the faces of the flock toward the streaked and all the dark ones in the new flock to Laban. And Jacob put excuse me, Jacob put his own droves by themselves and did not let them breed with Laban's flock. What a vision. And it says, and it goes on to say that when the stronger animals were breeding, Jacob laid the rods in the watering troughs before the eyes of the flock and they might, that they might uh, conceive among the rods. But when the sheep and goats were feeble, now when they were feeble, not sick, Jacob didn't put the rods there. So the feebler ones were right at Laban's and the stronger ones would belong to Jacob. And you might be thinking, well, how did Jacob know all, how did he know how to do this? My point is, no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what situation you have, God has an answer for you and he'll give it to you. So in chapter 31, verse seven, it said, Jacob was telling Rachel and Leah how their father had cheated him over and over, changing his wages time and time again, 10 times, 10 times he changed his wages. And Jacob said, God did not allow Laban to hurt him. 
He said over and over, God used fathers, uh, used your father's livestock, he said, to, uh, to reward me. Saints, God will use your enemies to bless you too if you will be obedient to his word and treat them with respect, even if they don't deserve it. There's scripture upon scripture upon scripture in the Bible that tells us to be good to our enemies. Bless those who persecute you, he said in Romans 12, 14. Bless and do not curse them. And I'm going to move on down through here. And he said, I had a dream. Jacob said, I had a dream and saw these billy goats, all of them streaked, speckled, and spotted, mounting their mates. And in my dream, an angel of God called out to me and said, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And the angel said, watch closely. Notice that all the goats in the flock that are mating are streaked, speckled, and molted. And the angel said, I know what Laban's been doing to you. I'm the God of Bethel, where you consecrated a pillar and made a vow for me. That was when he made the vow at the time they had the ladder, you know, going up and down to heaven. Didn't have time to teach on that one too. <laughs> so now he said, be on your way, get out of this place and go back home to your place. So in other words, uh, the angel, he said, God sees, God sees everything brothers and sisters, God could see how Laban was cheating Isaac all these years, but he also saw that Isaac did his, he obeyed his parents, he did not go and marry the, uh, the woman that his father and parent, his parents asked him not to. He, married, he went to Laban and married her brother's, uh, one of his daughters uh, married her, and even though he had to work 14 years, some of us in here wouldn't even want to work 14 minutes. But he worked seven years for one and then had to go another seven years to get her. But I want you to know that not only does God have plans for each of you, but it's his desire to bring them about. But like I said before, he needs your help. So like I said, if you need a, if you need a job, get yourself a picture of what you want to do and back it up with God's power. If it's healing you need, put a photo of yourself somewhere that you can see it at all the time, a photo from when you were healthy, and back it up with his word. If you want to get pregnant, get yourself a photo, photos of a baby, buy you some pampers to look at. You need something that will help you get a vision. And I hope you understand what I'm saying, for if you understand it, the devil can't steal it, because the Bible says that the devil comes immediately to steal the word, okay? In closing, let me say this. God could have put you on this earth at any time. He wanted to do things, but he had... But, he had, but he's waited to now to do so. He waited to now to pour out his spirit upon you and to bring you into the earth. He has saved the best for last. And I can say this this morning, that your latter days, your latter years are going to be better than your former days. As a matter of fact, I, that's some of the scriptures that I confess a lot. I, think, I said, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that... My former days are going to be better than my latter days, and you know that my latter year is going to be better than my former years. You know, it's going to be better. Everything is going to be better. And the, if you, if you, this is how you meditate on the word. If you get the word, you keep going over. A lot of people will read the Bible, and they say to read the Bible. But when you read God's word, remember that when you read His word, you got to meditate on it. That's kind of like getting a vision. Imagine what the word is saying and, and, and read the scriptures that uh, right now a good thing to do is just read the scriptures that's pertaining to maybe a particular thing that you're going through find you know just google and find all the scriptures you can on that and read over them and meditate 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 like I said I, I just put them in my notes I write them down and I, I can't confess them all every day but I confess them and there's certain things that 
um, is, is an issue that you need to confess every day. Some things you can set, confess this day or the next day, but some things you really need to confess every day, like with my eyes, you know, I confess that every morning. You know, in the cough, I just confess that whenever it happens, okay? So, I hope that when you leave here today, that you will understand that God has blessed you with an imagination, a gift from Him that can bring you all that thing, all those things that He's promised you in His Word. But you're going to have to work with Him to make it happen. So I believe by the time I come back here next year, I'm going to have some testimonies. Okay? okay. Father God, I just thank you so much. I thank you, Lord God, for the honor and the privilege to stand up here and just speak your word. I pray, Father God, that every word that was spoken here today will just bring glory to you, that will glorify your name, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, and thank you in advance for opening up the hearts and the minds and the spirits of all those that are listening online and here in this sanctuary this morning. I thank you, Father, that I do believe that they have gotten a revelation of the things that was going to help them acquire the things that you have been putting into their spirits. And I pray, Father God, that they will become more aware of that still small voice and that they will recognize and know without a doubt that those thoughts that's coming into their mind that lines up with your words are coming from you and that they will begin to act on them and they will believe you. They will believe that word. Believe your word, Lord, just believe your word. And they'll say, God, I believe your word. Your word says I can do this. And your word says I can do it. You're not a liar. Your word says that you're not a man that you should lie. Nor are you the son of man that you should change your mind. I thank you, God, that you're the same today, yesterday, and forever. And that you change not. So, Lord, I thank you for all the blessings that you're pouring out on the people that are listening to this, Lord. And pray that you continue to bless them coming in, going out, and sitting in the field just as your word says you will, Lord. And that the, your angels are just standing by to, to pray to help them and protect them and i pray father god a hedge of protection around each and every one of them and their families lord and and i pray again lord that you will grant them and bless them with a spirit of awareness that they may be more aware of the enemy's attacks lord and that they will have the courage and the strength and the faith to fight back and put him under their feet and they know they don't have to put up with it in the name of jesus we give you all the praise and all the glory amen